breaks. Stop sign. You saw the sign. Now you ace the base. Preacher saw them dollar signs. Greetings, everyone. This is Marcus Staples, your servant in Jesus Christ, coming to you with another edition of Unpacking the Theology, the show that unpacks the reason behind the rhyme in Christian hip-hop. On this show, we're going to be taking a look at Beautiful Eulogy's track, Symbols and Signs Featuring Propaganda, from their album Instruments of Mercy, put out by Humble Beast Records. This track, like the last few we covered, we're going to break down by verse. Because it's easier to understand this track when we break it down by verse, because each verse has a theme, but all the themes play to a whole. The theme of the first verse, that's performed by Braille, can be summed up this way. False teachers still give signs. See, false teachers will bring signs, but they teach false doctrine. The Bible warns us about this. We'll be taking a look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 23, which, incidentally, will also be our verse for the day. It reads, Beware of false prophets, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruit. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one that does the will of my Father, who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? Then I will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. The first thing to note here is that the legitimacy of the sign is not denied. They did cast out demons. They did perform many wonderful works. And not only did they do this, they did this in Jesus' name. So, how can the fruit be their signs and their works? It's easy to look at people who are doing the signs. It's easy to look at the people performing these signs and say, because that guy performs this sign or that sign, that he must be the man of God. But Jesus is saying here that the sign doesn't mean anything. What's important is their fruit. And if the fruit is not the sign, what is the fruit? The fruit, in fact, is their teaching. And the Old Testament backs this up. Deuteronomy chapter 13 starts off with, If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass, and if he says, Let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For Yahweh, your God, is testing you to know whether you love Yahweh, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul. The legitimacy of a preacher or a prophet doesn't depend on their miraculous signs, but it depends on what they're teaching. Now, I'm not going to spend more time here, because if all goes well, the next few episodes will be covering false teachers. But... Understand this, that false teachers always teach for shameful gains, that's personal gain, and to scratch itching ears. That brings us to verse number two, which is performed by Odd Thomas. Its theme is said right in the lyrics of this verse. The verse says, 
There's this idea that an individual is somehow more spiritual if he sees the signs and symbols and takes what's normally invisible and makes it simple. See, we have this tendency to crowd around these vision casting leaders because we perceive that they have something that we don't. They have this ability or this power to hear from God or to be extra super spiritual, and we want that. And so we crowd around them, hoping that we can learn how to get what they have. This concept, though, is actually the opposite of God's command to the Israelites. Also in Deuteronomy, he gave them this command. He said, when you come into the land that Yahweh your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominable practices of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or daughter as an offering. Anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or a charmer, or a medium, or a necromancer, or one who inquires of the dead. For whoever does these things is an abomination to Yahweh, and because of these abominations, Yahweh your God is driving them out before you. See, we edify this desire to read these signs, and we desire it so much that it changes the lens in which we view our Christianity. Odd Thomas highlights this in these two ways. First, our so-called revelations so often seem to line up with our desires, with what we want, with what's in our heart. A little convenient, don't you think? And that's the point he plays on. The second way he highlights this is that we want it so much that our beliefs are shaped by the way we interpret signs and the way we perceive that God is speaking to us. Our theology has to line up with that. And that is a problem. See, there's uncertainty that comes with any sign. If I see a leaf blowing in the wind or, or I see a certain pattern in my alphabet serial, I interpret those signs through my lens, through how I'm feeling, through what I'm going through at the time, through what I want to happen. And it makes that sign entirely subjective. And that means we end up trusting what we feel instead of trusting in scripture and trusting that scripture itself is sufficient. Paul wrote to Timothy that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Looking for signs and symbols and direct revelations, omens as the Old Testament calls them, is literally saying to God that you don't trust his word, that you don't think his word is sufficient, even though we just read that God's word indeed says it's sufficient. So what are you going to do? Are you going to trust your own feelings? Are you going to trust a subjective understanding of the world around you? Or are you going to trust God's word, which he says to you is enough? Which segues us into the third verse. And that verse is performed by propaganda. The theme is that we prefer the spectacular to the normal. We prefer gifts like prophecy and tongues to gifts like serving and hosting. We prefer grand works like going on great missions trips or reaching thousands of people to simple ones like parenthood or being a good student or a good worker. We prefer grand miracles like the ones in the Old Testament, parting the Red Sea, walking on water, calling fire down from heaven, to everyday miracles like salvation and sanctification. But the truth is that life is boring. Life is actually pretty plain. Most people live and die without doing anything world-changing. 
without doing anything massive and, and something that's going to be remembered by millions of people for years to come. But we're so used to hearing about the extravagant, hearing about the amazing, hearing about the people who did great things without realizing that those people are the exception, not the rule. It's what Paul means when he says, but we urge you brothers to do this more and more and to aspire to live quietly, to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. Now you'll get people who want to cite the Bible saying that, well, you know, Moses did great things and Elijah did all these miracles and look at what Peter did and John did and Paul did. But they fail to see that the supernatural, the people who performed those things, were actually the exception. See, Moses led an estimated 2.5 million people from Egypt. Yet God only spoke to him. That's one in 2.5 million. That's a pretty small percentage. And this is the common theme throughout all of scripture. The judges, there was one of them a generation after the time of Joshua. And there was even 430 years between when the last prophet spoke to Israel and when John the Baptist showed up on the scene. 430 years, that is a lot of people who lived and died without ever having direct revelation from God, without ever having these great signs and these great wonders being performed. We must realize that the Bible is telling a narrative. It's telling a story. So it's going to highlight the people and events that are significant to that story. And it's not trying to set a norm for the everyday life of a Christian. Asking for signs is inherently distrusting. In Matthew, Jesus is confronted by scribes and Pharisees. I'll read the text. It comes out of chapter 12, verses 38 and 39. It reads, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. But no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Side note, who is Jonah and how do we get the sign of Jonah? We get it from the Bible, which we learned already is sufficient. So, scripture is where we're going to have to get our understanding when we don't understand something in scripture. That's the principle of scripture interpret scripture. So stop looking for signs and trust the sufficiency of scripture. Because it is in scripture alone that we can hear the voice of God. That's it for this track. Now I encourage you, go to the podcast feed or to the website and click on the link to the lyrics. There, you will see some more commentary by other users who have heard this track and have cited some of the scripture and some of the ideas that Beautiful Eulogy is laying down in this track. There, you can also find a link to pick up this album. Again, our website is unpackingthetheology.wordpress.com. As always, if you have any tracks you would like us to unpack, please leave us a note in the comments section or find us on Google Plus or Facebook. We hope you can join us for our next unpack. Thank you and God bless. Uh-huh.